0: servant David, the- may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus offers a beautiful invitation today. Come away to a deserted place, all by yourselves, and rest a while. Come away to a deserted place, all by yourselves, and rest a while. This is what he offers his twelve disciples after they have gone out on their own to preach and teach and heal. They return to tell Jesus all that they have done. Well, they've been away from one another, away from Jesus. They might be looking to impress their rabbi, perhaps seeking to put a good spin on their time apart, maybe choosing only the highlights to post on their social media feeds. But Jesus knows that's not what they need. They don't need to impress. They don't need to prove themselves or head out to do more work. Rather, he invites them to retreat to a deserted place, which can also be translated as wilderness, you know, like the wilderness of the Exodus wandering, the wilderness of Jesus's 40 days in the desert. Or, like the wilderness to which Jesus repairs whenever he needs time with God for prayer and recentering. And they've been in the wilderness already, alone, apart from their community, their leader. Now they need another kind of wilderness, a retreat, a time to recenter themselves, to bond with one another, to be filled up by God. And my goodness, my goodness, isn't that what we all need right now? For we have been in a wilderness, the wilderness of a pandemic and illness and fear, wilderness of political chaos, the wilderness of racial reckoning. We've been in the wilderness and we've gone through so much of that. Alone. Of course, we did our very best to stay connected. We gathered on Zoom and on the phone. We visited one another in pairs and small groups, but now, now we are being called back together back into the fold as best as we can so that we might recenter ourselves here at 16th and Central being fed by worship and prayer, song and fellowship, being fed by bread from this very table. For How can we continue the race of Christian discipleship if we don't take time regularly to reconnect to this body? Of Christ, It might be tempting, after so long apart, to think that we don't really need this. To think we've developed new rhythms and Sunday mornings at home are just as nice as Sundays at church and require less effort. But here we are. Take a moment, beloved, let down all the guards you had to put up this year, the guard of self-sufficiency, of believing that you can handle your own life all on your own. Instead, instead, I invite all of you to feel all that you've been carrying for over a year, losses, disappointments, the hard work of carrying on your work at home alone, the hard work of carrying on your work in person, distance, mass, frightened, the hard work of not having any work the hard work of caring for others even as you feared getting ill, the disappointment of deferred trips and events, the heartbreak of canceled weddings and graduations, the losses from illness and death and not being able to mourn with a proper funeral, the heartbreak of watching our nation erupt, of watching too many things seem to be going so very wrong. It's been... Well, a lot. And all saints, all saints, has faced it beautifully. Not perfectly, but beautifully, with faith and courage. When one of us was losing hope, others stepped in and lent them their hope. When we when I, let's be honest, grew cranky, there was always someone who could provide some calm and compassion in the moment. When mired in loneliness, many of you reached out to others for connection and throughout it all, we kept leaning on God, our faith, leaning on this body of Christ, even if we were only able to gather through screens. That connection is no small thing and it sustained us, but let's be honest, we need refreshment. We need time together, here in this beautiful space, to be refreshed and renewed, and I encourage each one of us to drink deeply at this well, weekly, to return to this space as soon as you are able. For Jesus tells his followers that this is what they, what we, need. I know this is what I need. I need to be with all of you. I need to be in this beautiful space, heart filled with song and love, looking at your beautiful faces, fed by the bread of heaven, even as I grieve how short a time we have together as pastor and people. This time to be together, safe in our own retreat in this nave, to rest and reconnect together is so precious. It's so precious that I hesitate to point out what happens next in today's gospel. For right after Jesus' invitation, we hear that there was so much activity around them that they had no time even to eat their lunch. Rather, the crowds were following them, chasing after them. They arrived ahead of them in that deserted place, thwarting their plans for rest. So frustrating. Yet Jesus looks at those crowds and he has compassion upon them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus invites his followers to rest, yet they get no sign that since the crowds follow them wherever they go. But look at the sweetness of this. Look at the sweetness of Jesus here. Jesus, the good shepherd, has sent his disciples out, two by two, no bag, no money, relying only on God to proclaim the gospel out into unfamiliar places, where the disciples were bound to face hard work and not a little rejection. But when they're done, they return. They return to Jesus. They gather around him, telling him all that they've been up to. And he listens, and he invites them to rest. Can we accept this invitation in the midst of all that we have to do now, even as we're encouraged to return to our hurried, jam-packed, pre-pandemic schedules and to-do lists, can we return to Jesus just for a little and tell him about our lives? Share the triumphs. Confess the failures. Confess our tiredness our frustration, our sorrows. Might you go, might you go to Jesus in prayer, sitting quietly, allowing room for silence and solitude, speaking, and then listening. Might you dwell deeply in scripture, not studying it, just dwelling in it, so that you can hear God's voice, might see how God is speaking in your life now. Or are we plunging forward in this new time, taking on more and more activity, certain that once again, everything depends on us? Are we avoiding meeting God in prayer and silence, afraid to show God our broken hearts, our failures, what we've done and what we've left undone? Do we think God is too busy? We're not worthy of taking up God's time with our little concerns, thinking what is big to us is too small for God to pay attention to. But Jesus wants his disciples, wants us, to return to him, to tell him all, to share the heartbreak and the success. And yes, he will bid us rest for a time, and he will allow us to rest. For even here, as the crowds pursue him and the disciples, it is Jesus who does the work of teaching the crowds. His disciples get to rest while he does that. And we too must trust that Jesus can handle the crowds while we rest. Now, I want you to turn the prism on this passage just a little bit. Imagine yourself now, not as the one sent out to do hard work, but rather you're in the crowd, desperate for help. So desperate you're willing to embarrass yourself by chasing after someone you hope will have the answer. You're feeling lost, without a shepherd, in need of healing. Perhaps you feel unmoored after such a chaotic year, the ongoing political strife, and the absurdity of yet another COVID surge despite our access to vaccines. Well, maybe that's making you angry. Or maybe you feel guilty because you know you should be grateful that we're returning to normal, normalish, yet you don't feel so normal. Perhaps you're really sad or disappointed or maybe even angry that your shepherd, your pastor, me, is leaving. Or maybe your family's a mess or you're grieving or you're anxious because things are better but they're just still not right. We're all part of that great crowd at different times in our lives, for though Jesus has called for rest for his disciples, he is still and always our good shepherd. And he looks upon us with great compassion, because we are like sheep without a shepherd, lost, afraid, anxious, scattered, unsure. He feels compassion, which of course means not that he pities us, but that he suffers with us. And then he teaches us, reminding us of the good news that there is a good shepherd, our cornerstone, that the kingdom of God is breaking in even now, right here, especially here at 16th and Central in this body of Christ at All Saints. We're not alone and we are never abandoned to sin and death. We're not beholden to bad or absent leaders for we have a good shepherd. Always. Sometimes, sometimes we're, we're the hard-working disciples who need rest. Other times, we are members of a desperate crowd in need of hope and healing, and often, we're both simultaneously. But in all those times, we have a good shepherd to whom we can, to whom we ought to turn, telling him all we've done and all we've failed to do, all we need. For as our hymn promised today, Jesus, the name that charms our fears and bids our sorrows cease, tis music in the sinner's ears, tis life and health and peace. In all times, we have a good shepherd. And when we turn to him, he will have compassion, and we will be refreshed. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.